Welcome to another Evolving Smart Storytelling episode. Today we are joined by Robbie Nothnagel. Robbie is a wife and mother of twin daughters. On February 17, 2017, her life changed forever when an 18-year-old driver decided to look at her phone instead of the road while she was driving. At the time, Robbie, who was walking across the street with her two daughters, was hit by the car going 40 miles an hour. She suffered severe injuries in the crash and is very lucky to have survived, as most pedestrians don't. Hi, this is Kelly Gehring, the founder of Evolving Smart, and today I have on the show Robbie Nothenagel, who is a woman that is going to really share a story that I think we can all relate to. I think she's going to tell us some information about how we can really be committed to one another and really bring in some civility into the world, which is what Evolving Smart really talks about and the things that we really want to show and caring and just really being here for one another. So today, Robbie, welcome to the show. Thanks, Kelly. It's great to be here. And I, I like to share my story so other people are aware of it. It's it's not something that's a great story to share, but the more I share, the more people learn. So definitely. And we are going to broadcast our show for the month of April. And April has a special meaning because it is National Distracted Driving Month. And having said that, I want to know, Robbie, if you will just go ahead and share your story with us. Okay. It's funny because actually today on LinkedIn, I posted something about National Distracted Driving Awareness Month and said, I, I four years ago, I didn't know anything about it. I had never heard of it before. And now it's near and dear to my heart. Um, I was in Dallas, Texas, walking across the street with my kids and three other people. There were six of us crossing the road and going to a gymnastics meet, which I never made it to. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, a car hit me. The girl was, the police said that she was going 40 miles an hour when she hit me. So I I hit the hood of her car, her windshield, and then I fell to the ground. And then my kids and my friends were like standing there bewildered that this just happened. And the, uh, the girl told the police that she didn't see me until I hit her windshield because she was looking at her phone. And the girl was 18 years old on her phone and it was a side street. And I believe there was, there was no traffic. It was just clear, ready to go. Yeah. Yeah. It was, you know, she cut, she came out of a side street and, and wasn't paying attention and she drove a pretty far way without looking up. And, you know, I don't know when I, when I say the, when I say that part of that, she told the police that she didn't see me till I hit her windshield. I, I often wonder how often she sees me hitting her windshield because I'm sure she does once in a while. Yeah. And I don't think that can happen to somebody and not have, you know, have it come back to haunt you a little bit, but my injuries were really severe. I mean, I, I ended up in ICU it was not a pretty thing. Um, I shattered my tibia broke my pelvis in four places. I didn't say, I said I was in Dallas, Texas, but I didn't say that I live in Colorado. So we were traveling. (laughs) My family came home. My kids came home with their friends and I stayed in Texas for three weeks. I was in uh, ICU for five days. 
then the then I was in the hospital I moved to a hospital room for a week and then I was in rehab for a week and during that time you know I had a surgery where they put a plate with eight screws in my leg and three large screws to hold my pelvis together oh my gosh yeah it was um it was pretty traumatic so with that story, Robbie, you are, you've been in ICU for a week. You were in a regular hospital room for a week, you know, just, you know, healing. And then the next week was physical therapy. Tell me about your physical therapy. Well, it was a rehab center and, and their goal was to get me a little bit mobile. I mean, like I couldn't, I was non-weight bearing. So I was on a walker mm-hmm. when I was there. Part of the time I was in a wheelchair, but but the goal was to get my leg to move. And they wanted me to actually stay for another month. <laughs> they, I don't know what, how or why it, they would think I would stay there for a month being that I live in Colorado. But mm-hmm. um, so I left without like they said okay but it was like you're going at your own risk <laughs> but I felt like I would heal better at home and right. my family and I just wanted to not be there anymore but I was heavily medicated for oh man probably six weeks wow so luckily my body didn't like react and become addicted to whatever you call it, opioids, because that's, you know, it's a little scary when I look back on it. So how has this accident, this impact to your life and that of your family, your friends, everyone, how has it changed you? And what's the, well, the obvious is, you know, you're, you're very much aware of people texting and driving or doing, you know, a myriad of things. I mean, as I mentioned to you, I saw someone driving down the road, putting on her mascara. So how has it changed you and what are you doing to help others really um, navigate this? Yeah. One of the things that, I mean, I've met a lot of people along the way who have been impacted by distracted driving or some kind of a car crash. And pretty much this one thing that everybody says is it's changed their life forever and nothing's ever mm-hmm. the same. So I still have nerve damage in my leg. I still, every night when I go to bed, still have pain in my leg. So mm-hmm. it's something that I have to think about regardless if I want to or not, it just happens. I have become more aware. I I don't use my phone in the car ever. Um, Mm -hmm. Sometimes I want to, I used to, you know, there, there's this thing about multitasking and, and as a mom and a woman, and we always want to get as many things done as we can. And I always thought I was pretty good at it, but Mm -hmm. what I've come to realize is that in what I learned, this is not a realization, but this is a fact. Your brain only does one thing at a time and it does things really quickly. So it seems like you're doing two things at the same time. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you can drive and you can talk on your phone. You think, you you know, but your brain is only 100% focused on one of those things at the same time. Right. So it, 
when you're talking on your phone or texting, you're not paying attention to the road. You don't have a hundred percent focus, even if you think you do. And so I, I've learned a little bit more about how dangerous it is to use your phone. And I spend four years and I don't pick up my phone when I'm in the car. It can, you know, I have it set on do not disturb. Uh, there's an iPhone app that my phone won't ring and the texts automatically go, uh, and respond with a message that says, I'm driving, I'll call you back later. Mm -hmm. And even if my phone would ring, I I just let it ring. I don't pick it up. Um, So it's, that's what I've learned. I mean, I, there's so many people that are affected by distracted driving. Little statistic, nine people in the United States die every day from distracted driving and thousand over a thousand are injured in distracted driving crashes just and in a single day in a day. Yeah. Wow. Nine people. And that is, what is it like 300, almost 300 a month, you know, and wow. over 3000 that die a year all from distracted driving. And here's the other thing about distracted driving. A lot of times it's not even reported as a distracted driving crash. So the girl that hit me, mm-hmm. even though she told them she was on her phone, they didn't check this little box that said she was on her phone. And so then it doesn't become a distracted driving crash. So it's all so in how what- the police mm-hmm. do the police report to how your how a crash would get identified. What was the outcome of that, Robbie? What did what was she charged with? And, and well, the policeman that she was lucky. They she didn't even get a ticket. The, the <gasps> policeman, yeah, no ticket, nothing. Um, in the state of Texas, at the time that I got hit, texting and driving was not a, a cr- crime. wasn't wasn't um, identified as a. So there's, um, she could have gotten a ticket for many things like reckless driving or anything like that. But the police woman felt like it was, um, she was feeling enough sorrow and she had gone through enough that she didn't want to give her a ticket. Oh my gosh. I yeah. mean, while I understand, yes, she, she's going to be going through a lot, however, the repercut. I mean, what you went through is a hundred times worse than what she's going through, or at yeah. least that's what I don't the way know. it seems. Yeah, then actually called the police department when he found out they didn't give her a ticket and kind of went off, but they nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for me, it was a, a full year of physical therapy. I went to physical therapy three times a week for almost a year. And and for the first mm-hmm. month, that was like the only time I got out of my house. Someone had, you know, someone wow. had to take me. So I had friends who created a little help Robbie <laughs> kind of camp. <laughs> and people came and picked me up and took me to physical therapy because my husband had to work. My kids were in school. Right. And, um, right. It was, it was really hard because I couldn't, couldn't do the things that you, that everyone takes for granted. You know, I couldn't fix dinner. I couldn't mm-hmm. tuck my kids in bed. Just yeah, the, that's the normal things that people get to do just, right. you know, disappeared. 
Mm -hmm. As we talk about this, obviously, one of the main things that can be prevented is put your phone down. What other things can we do and really have people notice? Because, I mean, I drive down the road every day and I see people, you know, looking down, looking up. I mean, it's the common. I see, like I said, I saw someone putting her makeup on, you know, and these are down interstates. These are higher speed. And even at 40 miles an hour when you were struck, I mean, it, it it's very, I mean, it's. I guess I'm just at a loss for what do we do and how do we bring this up more so people are really paying attention? Yeah, I think, I mean, it, it's just getting the word out a little bit at a time and having a conversation like this and for the people to listen and then can continue to share so that anybody who's listening today, talk to your kids about it. I mean, you know, the other thing, is as parents, we want to model good behavior for our kids. So interesting. I I did a presentation with someone, one of my first presentations, and he he was we were in a health class. There were probably thirty five kids in the class. He asked, "Who here uses their phone in the car?" And no one wanted to raise their hand, but like <laughs> say thirty five percent, thirty five percent of them did. Then he asked the question, "Whose parents use their phone in the car?" And guess what? Everyone. Every single hand. Everyone. everyone. And I was like, there was actually two, this, there were, we had like three classes and they were all a little bit different, but in one class, there was one girl who didn't raise her hand and I was sitting close to her. So I asked her, can you share with us why your parents don't use their phone in the car? And she told us that her grandmother got killed. By a distracted In the driver. car crash. So her parents wow. don't use their phone. Mm-hmm. So it was, it was, I was like, wow. oh my gosh, this is awful. As a parent, you know, this is not good behavior. So your kids don't drive or, you know, maybe they do, maybe they don't, but they know for sure that you do. So that's mm-hmm. something that, that I would urge people to consider is as a parent, are you setting a good example for your kids? Because they're watching it little oh, as five years old, you know, so you change your behavior, then they change their behavior. And teens, you know, are at risk for car crashes more than anyone because of their inexperienced driving and mm-hmm. they're so used to using a phone. So, yes. so that's what I, I would encourage parents to talk to their kids about it and, and encourage them to make sure they're not using their phone, no Snapchatting. I mean, you know, right. I mean, out of, I, I've met a lot of people along the way and I've met more people that have lost someone, you know, in a dying versus like a survivor like me. Um, mm-hmm. And I would say more than half of them are kids, somewhere between 18 and 25. So it's definitely hits that age group a little bit more. But that doesn't mean that it's okay for anybody, you know, to do it. Right. I know you're getting ready to do, you know, another presentation at a youth for some youth. Um, As we are talking about, you know, modeling our parents, you know, making sure your Bluetooth is set up, if nothing else, you know, just all these different things or not talking on the phone at all. Because as you mentioned, we can't multitask. We're not going to pay attention to the road if a phone call comes in. But 
you know, what are the, what are you going to tell the youth? Because we know that youth is, I have a 16 year old son and while he will get onto his dad or I, if we even pick up our phone in the car. So I love that he, he's already that way. Oh, um, that's cool. That's awesome. Yeah. He is. He's a good kid. Um, but what are we, I know the shock and awe value for some teenagers because they feel and they feel like they are indispensable. They feel like they're not going to, and nothing's going to ever happen to them. Right. For sure. What, yeah. What message do we really, you know, I mean, sorry to be so blunt, but hit them in the face with and say, don't do this or do this. Yes. Um, you know, that's, I would, I would love the answer to that question because (laughs) I mean, as a distracted driving safety advocate, I guess I would call myself, um, you know, we spread our message, we do social media, we have presentations, we talk at schools. And I think, you know, nothing's going to shock them in. They got to want to do it. And Mm -hmm. I mean, they, you know, I think if they're listening, when, when they realize that there's no going back from a car crash. I mean, one of the people, one of the parts of my story, not my, my story, but I share about a woman I met at a safety advocate training that I went to. And what was really interesting, sad, someone I know sent me an article that she had written after her daughter ran into the back of an 18 wheeler. She was texting. Yeah. She was texting and didn't notice that traffic had stopped and her car went right underneath. Her car got chopped off. Uh, the, the top oh of my her God. car. So she died instantly, which was, I mean, no. And, and the, the irony of the story is that she was like your son telling her mom, don't use your phone in the car. And, uh-huh. and she didn't even use her phone very often. I mean, you know, you don't want to be the story that the one time you pick up your phone to answer it because it, you know, you, you just decide to do it that day, you die. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's heartbreaking. She was three months from graduating high school, a month from her 18th birthday. And, and she was just, gone sad i mean so so i i'm sharing that story <laughs> and i show the picture of her car which is really bad um but oh my goodness i, I don't really know because you know you don't you don't want to be the family that that loses somebody because you did something that you know that you shouldn't have done and and the impact goes so much deeper i mean it's not just it wasn't just me and my me that was impacted. It was my kids and my husband and everyone had to do, you know, I couldn't do things. So everyone had to do stuff for me. They normally didn't do. I couldn't do things I wanted to do. I couldn't, you know, we missed out on things as a family. And, and there's a financial toll on all of that too. So, you know, none of it's easy. And if anybody thinks, you know, it, it's no big deal. <laughs> then, you know, but you just don't want it to happen to you. You don't want it to be part. Of, you don't want to join this club that I got to join. <laughs> so Robbie, as you have gone through this process, how, how have your children handled it? Yeah, it was, you know, 
it's hard because they don't talk about it a lot. I mean, it was there. They were 16 years old. I have twins. Actually, they're both 16. Um, and it was something that they they held in for a long time. I mean, we they don't we, it was not something that we talked about. So and it's it's hard to bring up something like that and have a conversation about it. Because, first of all, I was, Mm -hmm. you know, took a long time just to get back to any semblance of normal. And um, so, I mean, I'm really I'm lucky. My kids were very strong. We have a really close family and, Mm -hmm. you know, they helped me a lot. It was kind of interesting. So there was one thing I used to do for my kids and I started when they were in about fifth grade, but I put a quote in their Uh lunchbox every day. And when, during the time when I was recovering, they started putting quotes in my lunchbox because they made lunch for me. So so sweet. Yeah. It was kind of cool how that circle kind of completed itself and, and they were able to be there for me in a in a way that I would have never imagined. Right, right. We we don't imagine that. No. So as we're starting to to get towards the end of our conversation here, Robbie, um, how can we get involved? Um, I know that We Save Lives has a website, and we'll put that link in the show notes. What else can we do? You know, you mentioned the app. iPhone has an app that says, you know, you you turn it on and says, I'll call you when I get to my destination or what have you. What else can we do and how can we support, you know, distracted drivers and not have distracted drivers? So, so the app, the iPhone app, what's interesting is that it's on everybody's phone and rather than set it to automatic, they set it to manual. So you actually have to go in and set it up yourself, but it's really, it's really easy to do. So you go into do not disturb and it, there's an option that says do not disturb while driving and you can change it to automatic so that when you get in your car and you go over five miles an hour, it automatically comes on. So do that and, and continue to share with people that, you know, and, and, you know, set a good example for your kids and just, Try not to use your phone. It's super hard. I mean, it, it's not easy. I used to, in the beginning, when I was able, after, uh, I probably took three months before I could drive. But when I was able to drive, I had to go to Denver to, I went to a special doctor for rehab for nerve damage. Mm-hmm. And three hours in the car when you're used to using your phone was a good way for me to learn how to not use my phone in the car. I live in Eagle. I live in the mountains. So driving to Denver was, you know, well, it took me three hours because I I had to stop because I was always in pain and I wanted to get out and walk a little bit. So Mm -hmm. I wouldn't use my phone until I got to Silverthorne. And then I would, um, you know, make phone calls do what I needed to take a little break and then get on my way to Denver. So, so, I mean, I know it's hard, but mm-hmm. it's really, it can, it can be done. And it's amazing the difference, the different way you drive when you're not multitasking and trying to yeah. 
call somebody or text somebody or do something with your phone. So it's really as simple as that. So, you know, I, I'm going to end my um, TEDx with the life you save may be your own or someone that you love. So just drive. That is so, so true. Great words of wisdom, Robbie. I was talking to a friend of mine and we were talking how kids today can't drive a manual stick shift and how it can be, um, you know, theft protection. And, um, you know, <laughs> when you were driving a manual, um, you know, I, I know how to drive a manual, but when you're driving a manual, you are driving because you've got to know which gear to be in. You're really paying attention. And I think that, you know, maybe we should all go back to manual cars and then, you know, our cell phones we can't even use. <laughs> right. Yeah. I, that would be interesting because yeah, you're right. I, I used to drive one of those too. Yeah. Um, it's you have, you definitely pay a lot more attention to your car than yes, you, you do. do. Yes, you do. And, and then the thing about whatever, what is it, you know, like not driving your car and someone dr- having it automatically drive for you, that scares me. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> automatic. Yeah. Automatic driving. It kind of, kind of scares me as well. Um, Robbie, thank you for sharing your story. I'm sorry you're a part of the club that you're in. Thanks. I appreciate you taking the time with us. I appreciate you taking the time getting trained on being, um, you know, a safety advisor and really sharing your story. You know, we save lives, Colorado's driving. Um, and then the month of April, I hope that everybody would, I, I know that I've seen this like taking pledges and like, I'm not going to use my phone. Um, I'm going to turn on the do not disturb and things like that. So again, truly appreciate your time, your energy that you're spending on this. I think we're very lucky that you're here with us to, to tell us the story. Right. I, I am very lucky to be here. I mean, part of the, the iron irony in it is that she was driving a little car and if she had been driving a truck or a minivan or whatever, I would be one of the. I would not be here for sure. Every once in a while, I walk in front of my husband's truck and it's like up to my shoulders, you know, and that they just run over people. When you're in a truck, you just run over people. She was in a little car. So I was able to go fall onto her car versus getting run over. So, so yeah, I'm really thankful for that too. Well, thank you. And um, letting me share my story. Of course. Thank you. Thank you for being a part of our Evolving Smart Podcast family. For more information about how you can help get the message out about the dangers of distracted driving, please see the links in our show notes.